Welcome to the Logger Yard Podcast. I'm Ethan. He's Sam. Welcome to the show, guys. Sam, so you're asking about my shadow team. All right. Here's the scoop. Yeah, what happened? Here's the scoop, okay? This happened to me last year. Last year I had, I, I, I got it done. It was like three days later. I didn't check the draft results until like three days later. So I have been a busy man with work and coaching and especially baseball. It's kind of consumed my life. Um, and so I was able to tune in to draft night round one and do my picks. And I didn't watch the draft for day two and day three. And so I saw some of the picks and I was like, ah, I was like, I wish I didn't look at my phone at that time. And I saw the picks. And so I have, I have not completed this year's shadow team draft. Unfortunately. I'm so sad. I, yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It doesn't help. It doesn't help that I'm more sad or like additionally sad about the fact that I don't even like my draft this year. You don't? So that's not helping. No, I'm pretty disappointed by it. <laughs> I was pretty stoked about my first two picks, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I got Jalen Carter and that's then... how I feel. Uh, I can't remember who I took at 18. I think I took... I don't even know who I took, dude. I, I don't know. I, the struggle is real. Yeah, I'm sorry. I let you down. I still love you, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You want to have to, you're like, you're not confident in your draft this year whatsoever. Well, so I had a plan. I had this great plan. And the actual draft just fucked it. Yeah, yeah. So here's, I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I know Jalen Carter is going to be available with my first pick. So easy peasy. Walked in. Jalen Carter got what I needed. Perfect. My next pick. Okay. It's like, I got some options. I could either you go only, tight end. Early you only had one round. one pick per round, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like so, I can go. I can go tight end, or I could still lean towards the interior offensive line, get a center. And I was like, when Dave one ended, I was like, Yo, Michael Mayer is still available. If he gets all the way to my pick, it's an easy choice. I got my yeah. tight end. Did well, he got taken? picked like two picks earlier, dude. So I didn't get him. But I was like, you know what? Okay, I got a decent fallback option. I'm going to get John Michael Schmitz. Call it a day. All right. Third round roll that comes up. I have two back-to-back picks because Denver, ha- all they're dealing, I, get the, I got the back-to-back picks, like 66 and 67 or 67 and 68. I don't remember which one it was. Uh-huh. My plan going into those picks is like, I'm going to get a safety. Wait, and so your, your shadow I'm team? i tight end that I need. So your shadow team, it wasn't you picked one through 32, whatever number you get is your pick. You so team or what? So, yeah. So when you finalize your team, because you don't get free agency, the idea is to be able to, you're not going to be able to put together the best roster you can yeah. by having just seven picks. So the idea is that whatever pick that you landed on, if that team has some extra picks, so you get their original slot, so you don't get screwed. Because like, gotcha. like I had Denver, they didn't have a first rounder, so, um, and I don't think they had their second rounder either. So I'd be like, dude, I don't get to pick until the third round. I'm bummed. Yeah, I, I see. What you're saying. So 
So the idea is you get the original picks, but if they have extra picks, compensatory picks, trades, things like that, you would go ahead and also grab those as well. So I had some extra picks there to work with. Gotcha. I had like an extra pick in the, I, they had no compensatory picks, but an extra pick in the third and an extra pick in the sixth. Okay. Um, so my plan in the third, got back-to-back picks. I'm like, I'm going to get my safety. because And now that I've already taken interior offensive line, I'm going to go tight end here. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of the plan. Tight end, probably, like, as I was looking at it, I was like, I might have to go elsewhere here, wait till the fourth, kind of has been picked through. Uh, I could have gotten, like, Darnell Washington, but I was kind of like, I, I need, like, a, need a big pass-catching guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good blocker, not a pass-catching guy. The bigger thing, though, that hurt me, though, was I had a locked in. It's like, zeroed in. I'm going to get Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Done. Easy peasy. Going to get it taken care of. The pick before Dude. I go is when he gets picked. And I am just hurting. I was hurting. Dog. Oh, that's tough, man. So I ended up making, uh, I ended up making some other selections. I mean, I can run through my, my shadow team here. Um, so I went Jalen Carter in the first, John Michael Schmitz in the second, Jalen Carter's interior defensive line, uh, who went to the Eagles, John Michael Schmitz interior offensive line, who ended up, who went to the giants. I ended up going, um, oh, Man, I pick some I pick some names here. Uh Adatamiwa Adabaware. I don't think that's, I said that right. That's right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He's a defensive lineman uh from Northwestern. He ended up going to the Colts not until the fourth round. Um and then I went Israel Abanakanda with my other third round pick, running back from Pittsburgh. He didn't go to the Jets until the fifth round, and then he's on the Fucking jet, so he's never gonna play because Brees Hall exists. Yeah. You know, okay. That it's this kind of shit that I'm hurting. And then I took two safeties back to back, one of which goes undrafted, Brandon Joseph. The other one doesn't get taken until the seventh round in Brandon Hill. It's tough. <sighs> okay. You know what I just thought of? What I could do to maybe salvage is I could just take um well, I get that kind of hurts it. You're saying you're just going to take the players that were picked at that picked slot at that slot, but then, do that. but well, that, well, then I was thinking about that, but then it also hurts. Cause like, you know, you always take that risk of like drafting a guy who you like, and then he ends up being an undrafted free agent, you know, like that completely eliminates that risk for me. Yeah. So that's an advantage, but that's like, it's an know. advantage, but it's also a disadvantage. Cause you're not even getting, getting to pick positions. positions you could end yeah. up with like, Eight wide receivers on access. I could. I so I found out my other pick. So my first pick was Jalen Carter. My second pick yeah. at eighteen was um, JSN. Okay. Okay. Not a, not a bad pick. No. No. I actually. Um. I, we'll get to a draft recap, but yeah. I will. I will tease. I loved that pick. That that's my um, my tease is just that I really really love that pick and I want to talk more about it. Okay. Um. So yeah. So then. Yeah, it was just a it was just a rough draft for me, man. Like I didn't, I've walked away from all of my drafts feeling good in previous years and go, man, I did something here. This is hey, nice. you know what? But I walked away from this one and I was like, outside of my first two picks, I don't know what to make of it because you ready for I, this? I know I got two starters there, but the rest of it looks like a bunch of dudes who are probably going to be backups, which is really sad. Maybe. Are you ready for this? 
you always felt good about your shadow team draft. It's not the strongest shadow team draft. Like a lot of your guys have not panned out. What if it's reversed? You know, like you think you got some bust and they just are diamonds in the rough. Man, We'll I never know. So. We'll never know until it happens, I, but, I we'll never. So. but it's nice. It is kind of nice though, that I'm, I, I've been able to take some dudes off my, uh, my depth chart. Yeah. Fill them in with some new guys, you know, Nice and then with some of that up. with your team, instead of picking a number like what I did, since mine's still so young, you simulate a season, and depending on how that season Correct. goes, determines your pick. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. It's a done like deal. It. It's in the book. Like it. And I and I tweeted out my undrafted free agents as well. So. It's official. It's it's. There's no season. going back. You know, I don't even know if I tweeted last year. I think I just did mock drafts. I think that you should tweet at least, at least once you have the final product. What, however, however you go about that, at least give us like a, a screenshot of the uh, Excel sheet. Okay. Of picks. How about that? I gotta. Yeah, I'll work on that. Because you gotta, you gotta put it out in the open for people to see. Because then it keeps you honest. Not that's that I true. think you're a liar, but it. No, but la- last year I did it like it, it takes away the temptation. Yeah, last year I did it like I think I like I was I did it the day after, like a couple days after the draft, and I had to like do mock drafts, and then eventually it was X amount of days left that they had went ahead and already started 2023s, and so I lost all the 2022 guys, and I was like, oh shit, and so I had to look up the like the order. And then look up all the available guys. And it took me like hours. And I was just like, fuck, man. And I was like, that was hard. Well, you got to. Well, we had, you know, we have games like during those, those other days. And I have no, and I was just like, damn it. I had to do the same thing on Saturday. Yeah. I had to do the same thing on Saturday with repping soccer. So I I do understand. Um, But what age, uh, what age do you ref? It depends. I can be scheduled for really anything. But because most of the refs in our league are like high school students, they would get the younger games. So for the older games that our coordinator wouldn't necessarily give out to the the students, they basically there's a group of like six to eight of us maybe yeah. that can ref that level. And so limited refs means lots of games. So usually nice. I ref U12, which, is un- which means under 12, so 10 and 11-year-olds, uh, through U19, so 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Do you ever get some, some shit talkers, dude? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you, the, how do you handle uh, that as a referee? I've ref two U19 games so far this year, and I've had like three canceled, which is really shitty because it's good money. Um, mm. And one of them, we gave out five cards. Dude. I, you know, okay. I want to. This is totally different because I I coach baseball. You referee soccer, but yes, two different perspectives. I'm a coach. You're a referee. All right. How do yeah. you see it? Not a parent or a player, but like when a coach comes to argue with you, how is that handled? Like, is it pretty pretty cordial for the most part? Basically, the short version that I can give you is like.
I'm not necessarily jumping to the card. You know, I'm not necessarily yeah. going right to a punishment, but they, they can say their piece to a degree. Like they can't cuss me out or anything, but if they be like, you know, I disagree. What, what, what did you see there? Like if they need an explanation, that's totally okay. But if they're like, that was a terrible call. I mean, like coach, that's your only warning. Next time I hear from you, it's a card. Oh, dude. Okay. You're going to, I got a story. All right. And here's this, the thing though, but here's the thing. Cause yeah. at least in my experience, the second you threaten that they're like, Oh, shut up. I'm done. Yeah. Or at least they're going to like talk under their breath the rest of the game. They're just going to be like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Dude. Okay. I had this one game, right? Our one game got canceled on a Monday. It got pushed to a Tuesday. So like the umpire association or whatever, they couldn't find an umpire for our Tuesday game. So I was down to our athletic director to find it. So he found a guy and he was terrible. Just going to, he was awful as an umpire. And he was, he, he was only going to be the one umpire. So in baseball, we usually have two umpires behind the plate and a field umpire. And he comes up to me before the game, you know, introduce himself and stuff. And he goes, yeah, it was just going to be me today. He's like, but I ran into this guy. I won't say his name. And he said, uh, what are you doing? He was like, I'm um, umpiring a game. He's like, he's like, it's just me today. And he was like, well, shit, I'll join you if you want me to. And he was like, all right, just picked him up out of the parking lot. I mean, he's been an umpire, but just known to be a terrible umpire. A little concerning. Yeah, exactly. Right. And when I felt like, when I heard that, I was like, Oh, whatever. Like then we got to play at second base. I mean, we tag the guy, he's out. Everyone sees it out by a mile. The field umpire calls him safe. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? And I was like, what was that? Like, I, I, I about lost my mind. And, but I held it in. I didn't say anything yet. Um, actually, I, I, I called time and I asked the home plate umpire. I'm like, did you see anything different? And he said, it's what he calls. And I'm like, you motherfucker. I'm like, you guys are playing this shit, huh? I'm like, you behind the plate. You, whatever you say goes. Like, plain and simple. Um, I didn't say that. So I kept, and then, then I'm on third base. We're on offense. We're hitting one of my guys. We got one out runner on second. I think we're down. Maybe one. He hits a single uh, uh, runner on first hits a single. Our guys run into third. He slides, gets around the tag broad as daylight. You're like, Oh wow. Way to get around that tag. Field umpire calls him out. And I was like, dude, I was fucking livid, man. I was like, are you shitting me? And, and then I went and talked to, before I talked to the umpire, the kid that originally that we, we tagged out a second that was called safe. He, I, I was talking about it. He was playing third base and he goes, yeah, coach, I won't lie to you. He's like, I was out. And I was like, I know you were like, just don't tell me that. I'm like, that just pisses me off more. So after that bad call at third base, I call time. I go to the home plate umpire and he's like, why are you arguing with me? He was like, I didn't make the call. And I was like, all right, I'll walk over to the, ump- the field umpire. And I go, what was that? And he was like, he, he already was ready. He was like, he didn't make that tag a second. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, it was broad as daylight. And I was like, the kid even said he was out. And he just goes, I don't know. And I was like, Oh no. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And I was like two calls that you missed broad daylight. Like what are we doing here? And it's just like, you know, like especially that tag at third, if we're Bro, safe you, there, you can't come in with the, I don't know. You can't. Yeah. That's like the number one rule. You at least need to say something with confidence. You can be wrong, but at least say something with confidence. Be like the, the worst he can do. The worst thing he can do. If he at least says something competently is just, it's my call. It's what I see. Yeah. I mean, so you can't argue against that. Cause it's like, 
you're just going to be like, well, you didn't see it right. And that's like, I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of perspective dude, at that point. It, what killed me was like the second base call that went with 13, they ended up scoring a run after that. That hurt us. We get thrown out of third. It just killed our momentum. And then our next batter was out and he was over. And I was like, dude, that was just like a, a gut punch right there. And then, you know, those umpires, they were older guys. All right. I'm a prep set. They were older guys. Then we had another game. And their pitcher does a weird move, throws over to second, clear as day as a bulk. And he calls him out. And I'm like, what are you? I'm like, that was a bulk all day. And he was like, from what I saw, it was an inside move. He said it confidently, you know? And I was like, all right. And I was, I was pissed though, because it was, it was terrible. Like it, he balked all day. And then the next inning, our pitcher does it. Like literally the same. And it, honestly, it's even worse. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, that was a bulk so bad. And we pick a guy off. He calls him out. Their coach comes out and argues it. And he goes, it's an out. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. I was like, way to make up for that shit, dude. <laughs> way to make up for that shit. I was like, hey, here's, and here's the other thing I'll say about repping. This goes for any sport. Just be consistent. Yeah. If you're going to call a, call a certain foul or whatever, whatever makes sense in your sport, just be consistent. I'll call it every time you see it. And yeah. That you won't see it every time. I, I can say this very safely at, from repping soccer, especially at the younger ages. Kids just bunch up, man. Like you can't see. Oh, shit, I'm sure. Bro. Yeah. Like there's like six kids around the ball, and someone's like, "I got pushed over," and it's like, okay. And then you, you could have also to... tripped. I, I can't. I really can't tell. <laughs> so if it's something like that, do you just pick a random kid and say that kid pushed him, or do you just say? I didn't see any. Oh, push. I just don't call anything. Okay, nice. I just don't call nice. anything. And then when nice. someone questions me about it, I'll be like, "There's six kids. How am I supposed to see that? Do you mean to like, get in there and usually, join them? You know, usually, yeah, well, usually like a parent or or the coach, whoever's asked me about it, will be like, "Yeah, I get that." They kind of just drop it. Like, yeah, they may not be they may not be thrilled with me, but they usually drop it. You'll randomly have someone that's just like, "But it was so obvious," and it was like. Dude, I can't see anything. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I try to, I try to some, you know, cause like, obviously it's so different if you're an umpire, a referee or anything like you just, the game is seen differently through your eyes. So like mm-hmm. I'll have that sympathy there to an extent. And then when it's like broad daylight calls and I'm like, dude, I'm like, you were tested me today. Man. Like don't the do pause, this. the pause right before to an extent was just shut. Yeah. Oh. So perfect. Like, and then what sucks too is like, if we get thrown out as coaches, we have to go to like trainings and we're like suspended for a couple games. So like, we really have to like hold it in. And you're like, dude, some of these guys just need a punch in the face, you know, like. But here's a, here's what you have to remember. And I'm, I'm clearly very biased as someone who reps. These are people volunteering their time and you should respect that. That's true. They're also getting paid though. They are getting paid, but one of the problems that we have, and that we've gotten way off track here. Yeah, I know, one of sorry. the problems that we have in, in in America, it's okay. In America, is that we have a shortage of referees because oh, I, they are tired of the verbal abuse. Oh, I don't blame them. Yeah, players and coaches. Yeah, I don't blame them. Like, if it weren't, if like, I don't think I would ever want to ref at like a select or club level where it's no longer recreational and it's like, this is yeah. a lifestyle at this point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That sounds awful because people are going to get so pissy about the dumbest shit. I'm not interested in that. 
I, I would I would only want to do it at a recreational level where it's mostly pretty chill. I would say you'll have you'll always have parents, but like yeah. it's mostly pretty chill. That game where I had those bad calls, that was probably my only game where I was just genuinely not a, a kind person. Because what was it? Um, and I know it's JV baseball. Not a kind person. Yeah. So it's, it's JV baseball, right? No, I try to understand that. But we, we had got hit as a team like nine times. And to me, that's just like way too many times. Like even if you play yeah. JV baseball, I don't care. Like it's just... It's one, it's high school baseball. So you're at, it's already a different step up and a level than anything else. And so I was like, I was like, any warning of these, like I I called time. I was like, any warning. I was like, that's like the ninth guy that's got hit. And he goes, it's not intentional. And I was like, I don't care. I'm tired of seeing my guys get hit. I'm like, this is like the ninth kid that's got hit. I'm like, one of the, and the kid that just got hit got like, took it in the ribs. And he like, it took him a second to get up. And I was like, this isn't little league. I was like, they know how to pitch plain and simple. like. And then the parents yeah, are like, what do you want them to do? We and do I was with, like, yeah, we would have a similar shit. thing with soccer. Like if, if you have a kid that's constantly fouling, they may not be intentionally trying to foul anybody, but you, but, and maybe you don't card him, but you go talk to the coach and be like, listen, he's got to come off the field. He or she, whatever gender you're, you're referring It's just like, okay, bring, get this kid off the field. They're fouling too much. They're not playing the game. Like let's, let's get them down, get them off, relax them. Yeah, we can bring them back in later, but like right now, what they're doing is too dangerous for other people. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it killed me because like the parents were like, "What do you want them to do?" And I was like, "Fucking not hit somebody." I'm like, "We're playing high school baseball." I'm like, "This is not little league." I'm like, "It's unacceptable after so many hits." I'm like, "It's just not cool." Yeah, at some point, it's just like I mean, if you're not going to be able to throw it like throw it accurately, just take something off the ball and at least get it over the plate so you can. Yeah. Otherwise, it, the inning will just literally never end because it's just like hit batter, hit batter, hit batter, hit batter, walk, hit batter, hit batter, walk. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just so. Well, you know, what we need to get. We, so, like, so you're a referee. I'm a coach. We need to get someone that like referees football or something. I want to hear their stories. <laughs> okay, I'm down. Yeah, there we go. Or we'll get get like, get a, get get a, get a little bit of everything right there. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. Well, well let's let's let's. Bring ourselves back to the draft. Um, it was, it was an interesting one. It was, so dude. I, I guess, because you, you, you can't. We can't talk too much about winners and losers because you only need some time to look through that after you do. We can talk about the first team. round. Yeah, I was gonna say well, we can at least talk about first round. Maybe we talk less winners and losers. Let's talk more storylines, and we got to start right at right at, up at the top, not with number one, but specifically. Two and three. Yeah. With the Texans trading up, grabbing uh, Stroud with their own pick, and then trading up with, to get Will Anderson, which I think that the way that they went about doing that was really, really smart because here's, here's the, the trade off that you have to think about in your mind. Let's say that they take Will Anderson at two. So CJ Stroud's still on the board at three. Okay. How many teams do you think are calling up and offering the type of package that the Texans gave up for that third overall pick? There's going to be a lot more. Yeah, I guarantee you that the Colts are thinking about it because I, I would say that they were they were definitely going to be interested in Stroud. I would assume that the Vegas is interested in it. You might even have like Atlanta. So Tennessee, you have more teams that are not as far down as the Texans are 
looking to come up and take that spot. No one is going to be offering that type of that kind of package for Will Anderson. So you have to go Stroud first, and then you can do that combination. So the way to think about it is yes, they traded a quarterback type package for a non quarterback, but it's with the idea that they were going to get both players. So yeah. In, and in order to do it in to get both, they had to do it in that order and still make that. It's kind of like so, the movie draft day. Vontae Mack, no matter what, baby, dude, Vontae Mack, no matter what. And, and let's be and let's be honest. It's exactly like that movie because the hot shot stud quarterback Will that Levis? was supposed to, yeah. you know, go really high, but no one came to his birthday party. Will Levis you know, didn't get taken high. I'm a little people didn't trust that. I'm a little disappointed that my tweet didn't go viral. That was that's a that's a good tweet. It was a good tweet. It was a good tweet. Good tweet. I appreciated it. But it's so true though. Like, and honestly, his was worse than the actual movie, Bo Callahan, because Bo Callahan still went to Seattle at like the eighth or ninth pick. He just wasn't right. the number one over pick. Will Levis went like thirty third. Yeah, he was in the second round. Yeah, that's rough. Fantastic. I, fantastic. Like, there's nothing against the guy, but I love that all that hype that was around him when there was like pretty much not like, let's be honest, when he played in football, like I didn't really hear much anything about him, nor let alone anyone saying like he's a first rounder. And then as soon as he's like done with Kentucky, declares for the draft, they're like, First rounder, maybe even the number one overall pick. He's like top three for sure. And you're like, where does this come from? Like, I don't. So I'm glad that no one bought into that. It was like, finally, we got it. We got a dub. We got a win column, you know? And then a little bit of a win there. Yeah. And then what made it better was he didn't even attend the second round. Like he didn't attend the draft and he was just at home. And I was like, oh, that's got to be so painful. But he, I bet he he got humbled. Well, it's because he got showed. It's because. They they made someone like actually kept track of this, and he was shown like twenty something more times than any other player that was yeah. there. Which I obviously had to make the joke that they weren't showing him; they were showing his entourage because there were like three attractive women. Oh on yeah, screen with him every yeah. single time. <laughs> uh, like they, they don't care. Would be well. They they it was an be, excuse to show beautiful women. What would have been so funny is like as the draft went on that round each time they pan back over, there's like one less woman because they're just leaving him. Oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. But in reality, they all just went to like a bathroom break or something, you know? <laughs> oh, God, I wish that was, I wish that had happened. That would have been amazing. That would have been so great. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sad that that didn't come to fruition. Like that does suck though. Like for him, like he didn't do anything wrong, you know. He just the everyone just hyped him up, insane. So like that's got to be single handedly one of the most embarrassing things like ever to experience. Too bad. Now he's on. Now he's on a team with. Uh, <laughs> are we about, are we, play for the are we about to be like fuck? Fuck will love will love us just like fuck Ryan Tannehill. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. They're, they're, they're it's on probably the same something team. I, yeah. so easy now. It's probably something I can get behind. Did, oh, did you see um, like, Mike Vrabel says right now he's QB3. I'm like, good. Like, he hasn't played a snap. Like, Make him earn it. Yeah. Make him earn it. Why would he come in and immediately go above Malik Willis? Like, 
because Malik was awful, and I'm sad to say that. It's all right. You too, baby. I, I like it hurts me to say that, but I do have to say it. Um, yeah, but you know, true. okay, so you know the uh, the meme with the dragon heads, where it's like the two are looking like super, and then the the, the eyes, the yeah, and then the third one is just like, <laughs> hey guys, yeah. So, um, someone tweeted a picture of three dragon heads, and it says Malik Willis on uh, for one of them, Brian Tanhill on one of them, and Will Levis on one of them, and they're all the <laughs> hey guys. Oh no! Uh, Titans QB room. Poor Malik. So good. I, you know what? I blame Ryan Tannehill. Didn't mentor him. That's true. That is true. It's his fault. It's, it's Ryan's fault. Yeah. Fuck you, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, gosh. It had to be said. It had to be that's, said. That's true. Um, first round, what team drafted the best? I know it's kind of hard because... First some teams round? got some teams got two picks. Some teams got one. I guess okay. We For could sure. we could we could talk about overall, like because usually the best oh, picks come within I, the first two rounds. You know. Yeah, I mean that's certainly part of it. I I don't know that I would necessarily put like the Texans as number one overall across the entire draft, but you have to give them a lot of love for what they did in the first round. Arguably, getting the best player in the draft in Will Anderson, yeah. getting QB two, which. There was a lot going on about the fact that somehow CJ Stroud wasn't going to be QB two, and it's just like don't overthink this, guys. Yeah, just get get the best player in there. I saw don't, um, don't Justin Fields this. Do not Justin Fields this. Make him QB four, and all of a sudden QB two and three have done nothing. Yeah, I saw Zach Wilson and Trey Lance in that class have done nothing. There was a, a video Ryan Day um, talked about it about that test. And I was like, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like it it's, they didn't even give a specific test result. It was like, it's, it's a a random test of all these things. And they pulled out one test score out of like, say like 10. And they were just like, Oh, this is the lowest. This was his score. There you go. You know what the media does. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, So the, the rumors obviously just so we cover them. We're just at CJ Stroud scored in like the 18th percentile uh, amongst quarterbacks, um, which is really, really bad. But when they actually talked to the guy who wrote the test, he even said, this is not accurate. Yes, he didn't score as high as maybe a Bryce Young or a Will Levis who were scoring super high. So it's not, it's not like they were mediocre and he scored below yeah. that. They were incredibly high scores. Like these guys, are, if it's 100 point out of 100 points, like these guys were scoring, you know, in the high 90s, mid to high 90s. CJ didn't score that high, but it doesn't mean he scored like 18. He could have scored in like the low 80s or something like that, which is still a very, very good score. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's silly. It was it silly was, that um, he even got that far. A test that like not even more than half the teams like even require that test because they just don't. Yeah. Buy it's it. they don't new because it, it, you know? they've done the, the wonder lick for so long. So they're kind of moving into this new, I don't even remember exactly what it's like, like S2 or something like that. S2 or something like or that. Or S2. It's a, it's a letter and a number. I think we've, yeah. we've nailed that part. <laughs> C4. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Point is, it's just, it's a cognitive, it's a cognition test. That's basically what it is. It's a mental cognition test. So it's basically, it's not necessarily asking how smart they are, what their IQ is. It's asking what their football IQ is. Yeah. Like they're not, 
they're not asking questions of that are of like random historical facts. It's like, here's what you see on the field in front of you. What do you, what is like your first read or something like that? It'd be more along those lines. Um, I say that with no knowledge of what's actually on the test, but it's going <laughs> to be right. more closely aligned to that. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I would assume I so. You know what they should, yeah. they should have, um, just the IQ test, like on the old Madden or the old NCAAs that you'd have to take. Or is it old? NCAAs? Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Like the, the road to glory mode yeah. where you had to like go to class, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Dude. Cause I always took it when I was like, I don't even, I'm probably eight years old. I kind of questions. thought you were going to say, I, kinda, I took it when I was drunk or something like that. And I was going to be like, Ethan, Oh my God. I, I took it when I was like eight. And I feel like, and then that and the 40 yard dash always made me not a first round pick. And I was like, damn it. I always fucked I, up. Dude, it's I hard. I always fucked up the 40 yard dash. Yeah, I get it. I that get one it. stumble. That was mad. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that was mad. Okay. That, that stuff was all Madden because you have to do like the combine and everything. But like, yeah. And like I think the old in the Madden CAA games, you actually had to like go to class and like answer questions. Oh, okay. The old, um, the old Maddens, when they used to do it, you would take an IQ test, essentially. It'd be like 15 questions. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It was kind of fun because you're like, oh, this is cool, you know? But then you're like, damn, I got drafted in the fourth round. Like, I was the greatest college football player ever. You're like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Say, uh, it's a Will Lovis type fall, baby. Yeah. Um, a team that had, I think the Seahawks had a pretty good draft. Yeah, I loved the JSN pick. I, I, w- I did want to talk about that because what you have with DK and Tyler Lockett, two burners, super fast players on the outside, get a guy who can work in the slot, get some underneath mid- middle of the field routes. There's no guy better and, in this draft than JSN. To do. And they're even interchangeable. Like Tyler Lockett's a pretty good slot receiver too. Like he could, oh you yeah, could, you could interchange the guys easily, you know? Um, well, you, you've got to feel comfortable that JSN can work on the outside because that's what he did at Ohio State. He didn't play in the slot at Ohio State. He played yeah. outside. So you, you know he can do it. It's about finding the, the best place to have these guys be successful. And I think the best thing you can do is you put DK on one side, put Tyler on the other, put JSN in the slot on one side of the field. Geno Smith is going to have some wet dunes, baby. That is, that's already like a, a nasty trio. It's just mm. like, like it's getting to the point where he's no, he, he was writing back. We, we you know, we, we, we made that, that, re- that reference. He, he is finally writing back. You know what? I think he might've crumbled up the paper and thrown it away because he, he ain't ready to write back yet. He wrote the rough draft. He's on the final. Yeah. He's still working on the final, the final go. copy. That's right. Back to um, the like think. school and things that we kept talking Dude, about. Freaking Eagles, Jalen Carter, and Nolan Smith. Dude. I, I I won't necessarily t- I won't necessarily go into all the different picks because again I, I know you have to look through more of them. But Eagles hit a home run in this draft from top to bottom. They Dude. they were unbelievable. They just they they got the Georgia they let boys, the draft man. fall to them. Well, they let the draft fall to them from a perspective of just like, oh, this is the best player on the board. Yeah, okay, we'll take him. Yeah, if we have to, and they're they're in a so, spot where they can do that, you know, like they were just in the Super Bowl. Correct. It's not like a hey, we like we really struggled with this position. I mean, they're not really, and it allowed them to be to be flexible with their drafts draft picks this year. Yeah, by trading and, and allowing them to trade for DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. So that's something you have to at least 
you don't necessarily count it as part of the draft class, but you have to at least put that in, in your frame of reference when you talk about their draft classes. Like, yeah, they, they had a better pick in the seventh round, but they traded down because DeAndre Swift became available that they weren't expecting. Yeah. That's Which true. That, I have to say, that trade makes a, a, is a little confusing for me because I already thought their, their running back room was like nice. Really, uh, really the nice. Eagles. Yeah. You already had Penny yeah. and Gainwell and Scott. Yeah. That's just a, it's like, a loaded back. I guess field. that it to Not me loaded, came off just as crowded. Like, yeah. It, it comes off to me like maybe there's the, the fears of Penny continuing to have struggles with his health, even they're having those issues in the back of their minds. They're still kind of like, I don't think we're going to get 16 games, 16, 17 games out of them. Let's. Let's bring in another guy. Yeah. But it also could mean that down the road, Rashad Penny is a, a cut candidate. Like uh, in training camp, they go, we have three backs that we feel really good about. Let's go ahead and let this guy go somewhere, sign, sign with a team that he has a chance to play more because there's obviously going to be like injuries and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, Still don't um, understand like the Gibbs pick though. Like, I mean... You trade away Swift, I get that, but also like they got him. What well, did they? The, what did the they get? Swift him? trade. Swift trade came after they drafted. Yeah, him. yeah, there I know. was a point where they had Gibbs, Montgomery, and Swift all in the same room. When was Gibbs taken? Like twelfth. Twelfth. I mean, they had the eighteenth pick as well. They could have correct. They could have got him in eighteen if They're, they really. The Lions' to. entire like, draft, at least like the first five or six of their picks. If they had just moved them down one more slot, like the 12th pick becomes the 18th pick, and the 18th pick becomes the, what do they have, like the 35th or something like that. And the 35th becomes like the 40-something. If they had just slotted these guys one spot down, it looks like a significantly better draft, and then they could have taken someone really good with a 12th pick, someone that they could have really, really used, like a Christian Gonzalez or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they decided that <laughs> to hell with... with uh, going for, for important positions, if you want to call it that, positional value, because they basically focused in on all the least valuable positions. We talk about the most valuable being quarterback, defensive back, defensive end, wide receiver. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 we'll take the other ones. I know. It's just... That's all right. Oh, sh- you know what's funny is when they, when they made that pick, the crowd booed them. And I was like, yeah. Like they deserve it. They should. They should boo them. I mean, we were we were doing the bonus episode and I had to like turn this entire thing off. I was just like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with this shit. This was it's this is awful. Rough, dude. And and like it doesn't get any better. So I, I need to quickly look this Even, up. Even um because there's a chance that the I'm gonna I I personally put a lot of stock into a player's career trajectory based on the number that they wear. You can't be a good wide receiver wearing like 89. That's a tight end number, man. Like that mm-hmm. looks terrible. You know, you can't be a good pass rusher when you wear a number in the 60s. That's looks true. Terrible. The Lions linebacker room, which added a first round pick in Campbell. Uh, not Dan Campbell, obviously, the, the player that they selected from Iowa. 
They're starting three linebackers, which, I mean, they're, they're three top linebackers. We'll be wearing the following numbers. And I got to tell you, it ain't pretty, okay? Alex Anzalone, 34. Malcolm Rodriguez, 44. Is it, I think it's Luke Campbell. Whatever his first name is, Campbell, 46. I think it's Jack Just Campbell. gross. Jack Campbell. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah. gross, Jack Campbell, dude. 46. Like, you couldn't get these guys a number in the 50s. Yeah, that's what that's just or, at least all a, line- or maybe a single digit number would be yeah. that, that would look clean on a linebacker. Like a five, oh. dude. <sighs> that goes hard. Yeah. That anything so in anything in the hard. 50s works fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a pass rushing linebacker, like a, a, a TJ Watt kind of thing, 90s. You can play yeah. with the nineties. Yeah, you're you're perfectly in range. TJ is we're a talking 90, right? off ball linebackers, fifties. Yeah, TJ is TJ's number ninety, or is he ninety eight? I think he's ninety. I think he's right? ninety. Yeah, yeah, I think he's ninety. He did it right. He did it right. If Mitch was here, he could tell us in an instant. Yeah, yeah, and and then he'd scold us for not knowing for sure. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those are ugly so, numbers, man. It's terrible. The, like, the entire the entire experience of being a Lions fan and watching this unfold was honestly, I, I'd rather just have shot myself in the foot. You know, I knew I had you know obviously we had a strong feeling Bajan was going to go in the first round, but to Atlanta though, like yeah, I didn't like that pick. What um, a fucking slap in the face big, to Algier, man! Like, dude. You had yeah, a guy like, who can run the ball. My, my, my issues have nothing to do with Bijan, who's a, an absolute stud. Like, totally understand why he's a top 10 pick. Yeah. But you've got, you've got, B, or, uh, you had Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Huntley, who averaged like four and a half yards a carry last year. I think, or I think it was like 4.8 or something like that last year, almost 4.9. You didn't need to do anything. No, not at all. Your group was looking great. And you could have used so so many other things. You could have gone and gotten another offensive lineman. You could have gotten... They could have gotten... They took him... If you didn't have faith in Ritter. They took him at 10, One of the corners. Uh, It's like 8 or 10. And yeah, and they could have... Like, they could have got Darnell Wright from Tennessee. That would have been huge. Mm-hmm. That would have been huge, man. Hell, like they could have they could have drafted Will Levis if they wanted to. You know, like go get one of the corners. I would have totally understood that. Yeah, like Joey Porter Jr. He hmm, that would would have maybe seen that. Can't believe can't believe he fell to the second round. Just I know. Just unbelievable. That's just but that's that's the draft, man. Dude. And and, and I, I that's why I will I will. I will do it. Steelers had a very good draft. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. Steelers had a very good draft. So did Baltimore. Baltimore wasn't bad with the I thought Zay I didn't think there's pick. Well, like, so normally I feel like I, I have to rave about the Ravens pick. Like it's just like it's an A plus. 
Yeah. This felt like a solid B plus. A minus B plus. That's fair. That's still a that's still a nice draft. Like you you take that 10 out of 10 times because the likelihood of you hitting the A plus isn't that good. Yeah. I don't think that they were as strong as they've been, but they still were top half of the league. Yeah. Um shout out living the, up to the reputation that we've uh that yeah, we they gave are. them. Shout out to the the Packers for drafting another defensive guy in the first round. Keeping that tradition going, man. Yeah, didn't did not did not go for an offensive player. Only offensive player it. taken since like 20 uh, 2010 yep. in the first round is Jordan freaking Love, man. Who love by it. the way, I don't know if you saw this. Got a contract extension. Jordan Love signed a got a one-year contract extension, which basically the way that I think most people are interpreting it is that he will not have his option picked up. So he's only going to get the four years. So they signed him to an extension, which would be cheaper, most likely, than um, I should say it's, it should be it would be more expensive if he ends up being nothing. Because like Baker got like 18 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the extensions are like low twenties. So it'll probably be more expensive than what he's worth if he is terrible, but it would be less expensive than if they needed to sign him to like a long-term deal. So it plays very nicely into that. They can kind of figure out what he is. They have two yeah. years to do it. They don't have to rush that, but they don't, but they don't lock them into themselves to a fully guaranteed contract. Makes him movable as well. If they need to do that, I thought it was really smart. And I'm not, I'm not trying to give too much away. The Packers, believe it or not, actually tried to give Jordan Love some help. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm not going to tell you who. I'm not going to tell you where. That's fair. That's fair. But they actually valued the fact that they went, oh, we have a young quarterback. We should probably do something to help him. We should probably should take that. all defensive like, players. We should actually give him weapons and blocking and like see if he can be successful. Yeah, that's what that's good though. I think it's hilarious though. <laughs> um, yeah, they waited to do that know, until after uh, Rogers leaves. What's also funny is been seeing all over Twitter. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, and and he's like already at the facility. You know, throwing passes to guys and crap like that. So many Packer fans are so salty, man. Because like you know, in the offseason, Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up until like training camp starts, and. Rogers yeah, but he's there. also already worked with all these dudes before, so like yeah. he doesn't really feel like he needs to. Um, but Rodgers is now in New York. He's got his ha- a haircut. He looks clean. He looks just off the. Uh, about that. I yeah, like the long but hair. he does look clean though with the short hair. I will say that yeah, he yeah. does look clean. Oh yeah, he's you know he's he's in New York. He's he looks serious. In. To be to be fair, I he think said, that's a big thing. He looks like he looks like he cares. He said that one Super Bowl trophy looks a little little lonely, and I'm like, oh gosh. Yeah, it's the same number of trophies he has. Yeah, I know. I know. But he wants to be looked at as like the best quarterback to ever play when even Manning got at least two. And then, of course, you got Tom Brady with six, Joe Montana with four. Tom Brady, Tom Brady was Brady seven. seven. Sorry, six was with the Patriots. My bad. Tom Brady was seven. You got four for Terry Bradshaw, four for Joe Montana. Come on, man. Look. Don't worry, bro. It's Rodgers is going to get another one. Don't you worry. All right. You shut your dirty whore mouth. I jump right in. Um, hey man, just it, it it might be with the Jets, could be with Minnesota because that's probably where he's going to go next. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just going to follow 
the footsteps of uh, Brett Favre. And then guess what? Jordan Love, 17 years from now, is going to do the same thing. He's going to be a Jet, man. Like, Jesus. Could you imagine that? Like, oh, dude, that's that. That really is wild, though. That, like, the Packers are just building the pipeline to New York to build a pipeline to Minnesota. Like, that's just so wild that Favre was a, a Packer for so long, went to the Jets, went to the Vikings. Rogers is a Packer for so long. Now he's literally a Jet, and you're like, all right, like this is fucking weird, you know? Like, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of enjoyable to see Packers fans possibly having to live through for the first time in their lives not elite quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically they would have for like the games that Rogers missed, but like your long term quarterback was still Aaron freaking Rogers, and your long term quarterback before that was Brett freaking Favre. Like, you've had it made for a while. It's, a, it's okay yeah. to be honest about that. It's time for So it's kind of nice people. to like, yeah, it's kind of nice that they might actually suck at quarterback for a hot minute. I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to it. What if, what, what, how nuts would it be though? If like, he just comes in, he just takes over like Rodgers when Favre was done. Like, please don't do this. That would just be like, damn it. Like, fuck. <laughs> Please don't do this. I don't, I, don't, I don't want this to like be spoken into existence. All right. It won't happen. There you go. Thank you. Thank God. Okay. Okay. I can breathe again. Who else? Who else? We talk about the draft. Okay. Quick thing though. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. As we start looking forward to 2024. There's a real chance that the Cardinals could have number one and number two. So that, that trade between that got Houston up to the third overall pick this year included their, fir- their own first rounder next year. Not the Browns' first rounder, their own first rounder. Yeah. And if they're bad again and the Cardinals are bad, there's a chance that the Cardinals could have number one overall and number two overall. How nuts would that could be? Could you imagine if they, get, if they were just like, you know what, Kyler, we're done with you. Like, we, we, like we're going we're gonna to reset. And they land themselves. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. That'd be freaking nuts, dude. Be disgusting. Dude, and then they have... I just know, want like, to say that. And then they still have like a, an early second round pick with theirs plus like text. Like, I think they got a second rounder out of Texans, uh, Texans too, right? Like, um, No, I think they got like a third rounder or a fourth okay. rounder of Texans for next year. They got a second rounder this year and I think a third or fourth rounder next year. Oh, that, okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nuts though. And then they have, you know, Still. the 30, 33rd pick and one of those guys that we thought were going to be like an obvious top 10, top 15 first rounder. They slip to them and you're like, Jesus. You're like, this is disgusting. And guess what? Guess what? Arizona will still find a way to choke it all away. That's true. <laughs> so true. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Just, just throwing it out there. Okay, now we'll, we, we talked a little bit about the draft and we'll go more into it next week once you've gotten a chance to look through all of it. So let's, let's jump to something from the, a draft from the past. We'll look at the 2020 NFL draft because right now is the time that we are going to be focused on their fifth, uh, fifth year player options for the first round picks. So far, because I don't think all of them have necessarily been picked up yet or like decisions have been made. Just about though. So far, 
14 of the 32 first round picks are not being exercised for that draft class. That's a lot. Which is, that's a lot. Because usually, I, I, I feel like it doesn't necessarily mean that all of these guys that get their options picked up are getting second contracts. It's just you're buying yourself another year with a guy who's already under contract. You might as well if they're not terrible. Like, so that goes to show that the 2020 class, while top heavy, like you get Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow in that group. You get Justin Jefferson in that group. There are some heavy hitters that did yeah. really, really well from this class. There's a lot of garbage that also came it's out of true. this first round. Let's, let's quickly run through um, all, the, all the different names and I'll even say where they were picked. And actually, you know what? We can, we can talk about some of them as we get to them because I want to start off that first one. Chase Young at number two overall, not getting picked up, blows my mind. I know. It's just, I like, he's had health issues. I get that. But like, when he's on the field, dude, he's, he's pretty nice. He's pretty nice. He balls. Yeah. He, he balls out. The health is obviously concerned, but like, at least pick up. Wouldn't that you fifth rather year take the chance on him? Yeah, like yeah. you get you get another year. It just it, it was very confusing to me that you can't at least at least keep him around for an extra year. Yeah, because the fact is that means that at the end of this coming season, he's a free agent, and if he has a great year, you have to franchise tag him. Yep. You put yourself in a really tough spot. You just like franchise tags for edge rushers. You didn't know. Yeah. Pretty expensive. Yeah. I'd say it's probably like, I'd say six to eight million over the option, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 His, his franchise tag will end up being worth north of 20 million. He, the franchise or the fifth year options probably around 15, if I had to guess. It'll depend. We don't know what it's going to be quite yet. So we can't necessarily say for sure. But I would guess it's going to be somewhere in that 15-ish range. Yeah, I, I would just take it. Come on. It's worth it. And it buys you an extra year where if he is good next year, now you have that extra, uh, extra year under contract. You can work on the extension. And it gives you a buffer year for that extension where you can put some of the money mm-hmm. into it if you need to with a bonus or something like that and make the rest of the contract look a lot nicer for yourself. It's true. It's just very true. Easy math, man. It's easy math. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. Commander. So the next guy on the list is Isaiah Simmons, taken at number eight by Arizona. Was always a tweener, safety linebacker hybrid. They yeah. didn't really know what to do with him, and it's pretty clear based on the fact that they didn't pick up his option because he hasn't been that great that they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, but they have a habit of doing that. So what are you going to do? It's true. Ah, oh, Arizona. Gotta love him. <laughs> didn't they at they, least keep us busy didn't they start what was it like two years ago or something like weren't they like I can't remember weren't they, they were undefeated for like a good minute though um, they had a really really good start to the year two seasons ago and then just tanked like I think that I don't know if they were undefeated but they were like six and one seven and one maybe something like that they had a super uh, let me start, see if we can find out it, I'm pretty sure they, because I'm pretty sure it was two seasons ago where they still made the playoffs, but they were a first round out. Didn't do anything in the playoffs. 
I remember correctly, they lost to the Rams in the playoffs. On the, yeah, the they Rams started they winning. they started off the season seven and zero, and then they lost the Packers. It was seven and zero. Okay, and they fell to then they went to seven and one. I remember because like one of my one of my um, like best friends um, that I met in the military, he's from Arizona, and I think Cleveland was like I don't know two and two and five at the time. And he was like, "Suck it." He didn't even watch sports, but he was just like, "Suck it." We're undefeated, and I was just like. You guys suck. Like you, this is just a fluke. I promise. And then they finished really badly. I was actually for a minute though when he would say it every week, I was like, "All right, Jesus!" Like Arizona's pretty freaking pretty good right now. And I was like, "Damn." Yeah, but you had to know. I was going to ask Cliff Kingsbury can't win shit. Yeah. Uh, like, number nine. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. I was saying it's like what was it? This was it. The Steelers that started eleven and zero, and then they lost five yeah. of the next six. Sorry, Mitch. You didn't have to do that to Mitch like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just reminded me of like teams that started off high. The 49ers did it too. What was the final game that they lost that year? Wild card game. Do you remember? Who was that too? Dog pound. <sighs> that was a great game. Yeah, Mitch is definitely going to rub some... Uh, Lombardi trophies in our face, but you know, yeah, probably gotta gotta get gotta get the little little you know, you know shots the, while we can. The that game, like the game to make the playoffs, the the week seventeen game where they where they played, you know, a lot of their second string. I was more hyped and excited during that game than I was during the wild card playoff game, and I think it's because it was like, holy shit, like Cleveland just made the playoffs. I think you were probably stunned. Oh, I was. I think dude, you were stunned. At yeah, what, what happened during the wild card? Because you guys. Got off to like a 28 nothing. 28 nothing, like dude. I was like, like, no, there's just no fucking just way. And then I was shaking the whole time because you're like, they're going to fucking blow it. They're going to always what they're going to do. Gonna they're going to fucking blow it. Yeah. And they almost did, dude. Like, it's so scary, man. Yep. 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 That, yeah, that probably was not an enjoyable game, to be honest. So I totally get that. Yeah. Um, the third player that's not getting one, number nine overall pick, C.J. Henderson. That was with the Jaguars. He's already been traded to the Panthers, and the Panthers are the ones that are not picking up his option. And that goes to show you that if you get traded prior to the end of your rookie <laughs> contract, you're probably bad. Yeah. Needless to say. That's true, so though. We'll, 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 we won't stay on that one too long here. Let's, let's go ahead and jump to the next one. Number 11 overall, Mikai Becton, offensive tackle for the Jets. Uh, weight issues and yeah, um, he lost a lot of weight though. Didn't desire, he? I guess. No, I think he's he's just he's a monster. He's huge. Like yeah. So it's it's a concern of him putting on weight and then just like how hard it work ethic. I, I guess I remember way to put. that uh, like that draft. Like he was, you know, it was Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills. Uh, I want to say worse and Beckton, right? Yep, Tristan Wirfs and um, Beckton. Yep. And he was like talks of being like one of the Notice first how tackles. the other three names aren't said. Yeah. He was um he was talks of being like one of the, the top guys like off the yeah. board. And then yeah. he, he he didn't. And I remember I was like, I think how it started was I was like, all right, I want Andrew Thomas. And if we can't get Thomas, let's get Beckton. And then I was like, then let's get Wirfs. And then we'll go Wills as like a last. And then we took Wills. And I was like, fuck. I was we like, took Wills. I was like, Wirfs. I was, I, I think was still available, maybe. Um, and yes, he was. Wirfs Becton, was the last before taken. Becton was still um, available. And I was a little salty. But I mean, in the end of those four, like Wirfs is clearly the superior. 
Um, yeah. And Thomas is turning it around. He had a, like, he started off yep. terrible, but he's like, his first year was dreadful. Yeah. But now he's just killing it. And then Dredrick Wills, they yeah. picked up his fifth year option, but he's, he's just, he's okay. That's it. You know, he's just okay. Listen, as someone who has lived with just okay left tackle play since, uh, or worse, since uh, Andrew Whitworth left, sometimes you take just okay. Yeah, that's especially, true. Especially with, with your line, because your interior is elite. I mean, no, there's no team with better guards than us, like overall. I'm going to just say yes, because I'm not going to try and go through every single team and figure that out. But in terms of the duo, if you're not number one, you're top five. Yeah. Yeah. You de- there are definitely individual guards better than what yes, you guys Zach Martin. That went healthy, Quentin Nelson. Nelson. But that doesn't yeah. mean that the other guy that, that goes with him, the other guard, is, as, is anywhere near as good as what you guys tout. So mm-hmm. that's True. the balance. But. Um, breaking, since you are a basketball guy, just letting you know. Okay. Guess who the MVP is? I'm, I'm assuming it's Embiid. I don't think it should be. I think it should be Jokic. It's Jokic. I'm you, just kidding. It, no. It's Embiid. It's Embiid. Yeah. yeah. I knew. <laughs> Did it. I get you excited a little bit right there? <laughs> I don't agree. I was, I was genuinely going to be stunned if it was Jokic. Oh, that would have been three in a row, right? It, yeah. And that, that's the reason that he didn't win it is because. Yeah. That's bullshit. Dude, the belief is that dominating. if you're going to win three MVPs in a, in a row, you have to win in the playoffs. And it's like, that's not what this award is about, but okay. Yeah. It's voter fatigue. That's true. It'd be like, it'd be like if Aaron Rodgers put up the same year like that he did in, uh, in two seasons ago this past year, but we still voted for Mahomes anyway. Because they're just like, I'm just kind of bored with voting Aaron Rodgers. He's already yeah. won two in a row. Dude, dude I don't know why, like, why people stray away from that. That's so exciting to me. I'm like, dude, I want to see someone win an MVP five years in a row. Like that, it just goes to show how dominant they are. Like, I want to see that shit because you're like, yeah. you're literally witnessing like possibly like the greatest stretch of an of an athlete or anything like of all time. Like, why wouldn't you want to like witness someone win three in a row, four in a row? You know, like know, it blows my mind. I I, I think it's so short sighted that it has to come with playoff success. I think that's stupid, but yeah, that's the way people think. So is what it is. Um, next on the list is number 14 overall, Javon Kinlaw. He was drafted by the 49ers. He was supposed to be the DeForest Buckner replacement. Well, it didn't go that well. No, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's been dreadful, but he hasn't been, been good enough to see the field. He hasn't lived up to that front four that they used to have. That was like just scary. Oh, yeah. When it was, yeah. When you had uh, Armstead and Buckner in the middle. Oh. And then Dude, they it was so good. Bosa, Bosa and D Ford, right? Was that the other one? I don't remember if they still had D Ford when they drafted Bosa, but definitely they had those three together at one point. Bosa, yeah, it was, Buckner, and Armstead. It was that, was a, that was a nasty so front good. four. Yeah. yeah. That's about it. Um, Number 18, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle for the Miami Dolphins. This was always one that people looked at as a reach, and it turns out they were right. Um, Was touted as being super athletic. Technical refinement was not there, and I think that's basically where things ended up with Miami. Injuries also did not 
help him in the in that process. So he's moving on. Is what it is. I mean, that's one of the reasons that they had to go sign Teron Armstead to a giant deal yeah. last offseason. This is big. So, deal. Yeah. Uh, number 20, Caleb on Chase on defensive lineman edge, if you want to call it that, uh, out of or went to Jacksonville, I should say. Uh, Jacksonville has basically not played him. He's just yeah. been bad. I think he was also someone that people thought of as a reach because he was just like, Tweener size, mm-hmm. and you gotta have you gotta have the right staff to use that properly. So that's that is so true, though. Now we go to the viral video number twenty one, Jalen Rager, where Minnesota finds out that Justin Jefferson is on the board for them, and they are dude. Just I hyped. I love that video. It's just it's so good. great, and they're not making fun of the Eagles. Like just to be clear, no one's making fun of the Eagles. They're just super happy that they get to get the guy that they wanted because yeah. they thought for sure because they were, I mean, they were right. The Eagles went wide receiver. They just went with the, the a different guy. And yeah. so knowing that the Eagles were going to go wide receiver, they were worried that it was going to be Jefferson and lucky for them. It didn't happen that way. And it's kind of like um, Jalen Rager goes 21. Like uh, and got traded to Minnesota eventually, by the way. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, that was kind of like last year's when Drake London went number one. It was like maybe not as, uh, maybe it was more expected than Jefferson going after Rager, yeah. but you definitely like thought like it was going to be like Jameson, Olave, or Wilson before him. You know, like it was yes. And then he was the first one, and people were like, "Oh, okay, like that's all right." And it started the run of, of wide receivers at that point. I think it was he was like eight and then there was another player at nine and then it was and then 10, 11, Wilson. 12. Yeah. Wilson, Olave. And then who was 12? Um, Williams, James Williams. Yeah. And then, then you had Burks at 18. Dotson, I think was like 16. Yeah. 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 15 or 16. Last year so, was I wild mean, for wide receivers. I know. I didn't think we were, and that's the, that's the funny part. We didn't talk about it. I didn't think we were going to get more than one, maybe two in the first round. I didn't know which one it would be. I should have pushed going heavy with Addison for the guys that I was talking about. For the other guys, yeah. Johnston and, and Flowers. Because you were right. We had four in a row there. Yeah. Um, by the way, our exercise, I, I should at least update the people. Uh, I know this is we're all over the place when I do this. We did not we did not successfully hit hit the fucking mark. tight ends, man. Uh, we had three misses. We picked Will Levis. We picked Michael Mayer and we picked Joey Porter Jr. I think, but the guys that we put our stamps on that were like, I don't know if we should. The guys we put our stamps on, we were right about. Who who were all those? Jordan guys? Addison. You were, you were right about Jordan. Uh, uh-huh. You deserve that credit. Uh, you pushed very hard for Lucas Van Ness. You were correct. I pushed for Kalaja Kansi. I was correct. I pushed for Emmanuel Forbes. I said guarantee. That's true. There. So, we we know a little bit. Just we know a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. Too bad. I like not it. Too, not too shabby. All right. We'll go back in. We're about halfway, a little over halfway through our list. Number 23, Kenneth Murray, linebacker, went to, I believe, the Chargers. Yeah. And the fact that right. I have to say I believe tells me that everything I need to know. Well, that and the Chargers, dude, like, they they don't have a great linebacker core. So, like, he should have at least been. They're like 
if them not picking up their playing, option, he just wasn't playing well. Yeah, but like for a team that has a bad linebacker core, like if he's your best linebacker, even if he's not great, you're probably keeping him and going like trying to build up on him. And them not picking that up is like a sign. Like, all right, like this, yeah, it's just not working. And the fact that they signed Eric Kendricks. So like yeah. they clearly wanted to go a different direction at linebacker. That's a good call out. Uh, 24, a little surprising, at least from my perspective. I, maybe I'm not paying a, a, enough attention. Uh, Cesar Ruiz, he was an offensive lineman for the Saints, or is an offensive lineman. For I the thought Saints. he was pretty decent, um, right? I thought he was too. Maybe it's a question of what that market's going to be. Like maybe they're just worried about that getting crazy expensive with the fifth year option and they think they can just resign him to a, yeah. um, a, a much more money conscious deal. I don't know. I thought he was at least solid. Certainly a guy worth keeping around. So yeah. Just pick up that option. I may like, be missing the mark on you, that you one. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I may be missing the mark on that one, but it is what it is. Uh, 27, Jordan Brooks, linebacker for the Seahawks. I don't know. He was, he, I think he was, a, he was kind of a reach to begin with. Um, <laughs> it's the Seahawks, man. They, they draft weird players. They really you know, do, though. That, they draft weird players a lot, and it doesn't always work. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. So that's just this is one of the instances it doesn't work. Twenty-eight, Patrick Queen. We gave a lot of love to to Baltimore's draft class. I think Patrick Queen is still a good player, but they're heavily investing themselves in other linebackers. And, and they, Roquan Smith, yeah. a ginormous fat check, like. I just, that it, it may be more of a they they value Roquan more than they value than they value Roquan at his price point more than they value Patrick Queen at it's his exactly price point. yeah they, they, they yeah they're just like it's not that he's a bad player it's just that they they're ready to go in a different direction that's all and I think that the other concern is like you don't want to be so heavily invested monetarily in the linebacker position so giving two fat contracts to both so you have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen could be a, a determining factor for them as well. So something to, for, for you and I to consider as we go through this. Yeah. Uh, number 30, Noah Igbenogany, cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. Basically hasn't seen the field. I mean, they, they, they've been loaded at, at corner is part mm-hmm. of the problem because you've got Xavier Howard who's really good. They had Byron Jones for a few seasons who's been very, very good. He just hasn't seen the field. Yeah. But if you can't if you can't push your way onto the field, that says what you need what it needs to say. That's true though. I get it. It's gonna be disappointing, I'm sure, for people who want to just keep saying his name. It's, it's, it's a mouthful. Funny. Yeah. And last but not least, number thirty two, Clyde Edwards Hilaire running back for the Chiefs. I'm not shocked on this. They got one. found a better running back in the yeah. seventh round this past year with Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, Edwards Hilaire was like, he just hasn't been good, honestly. Like, he's had, you know, a couple good games here Andrew and there through his, his whole season, like, seasons. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm not shocked. Like, I really thought he was going to be, like, do well. And I was excited for it. I did too. And just didn't pan out. He'd be, where would he be a good fit? I mean, there are people that would, would love to bring him to Cincinnati because he was an LSU guy. So oh, yeah. him Keep and Burrow have a great yeah. connection. Yeah. Depending on the price, I'm at least open to the idea, but I'm not paying him big money. Like if he wants to come here on like the Rashad Penny deal of like, what was it like 1.5 million for a year? 
sure. Bring yeah. it in. If he wants to come here and get like six million a year, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'll pass. Oh, have you have you heard anything with Nixon yet? Any update on that? Or is it just still I think he I think he's locked into this season. Uh yeah. they did draft a running back. Again, I'm not I don't want to spoil anything for you, but they didn't do it till day three. So um that that basically and, and the same thing with Jonah Williams. They didn't draft a tackle at all. So they're they're very much locked into those guys playing. Yeah. They're going to they're keep them under contract. The only thing that the only way that changes is if cut candidates come around and there's a guy that they feel is worth signing from that per- perspective. But at that point, what's the likelihood that you find a better player than Mixon and Jonah? Yeah. From guys that yeah. another team didn't even want. Yep. So not likely. All right. One more thing. I want to talk about a bad list. You and I love to trash lists because they usually deserve it. Yeah. I just want to be clear on that. Okay. So this is from another podcast. I have no idea how good this podcast is. I'm not going to trash them, but this list is shit. Uh, It's called the Caps Off Podcast, which I I liked in the comments. Someone was like, you should call it the Cap Podcast because, I mean, Cap. This, This list is Cap. Okay, I'd say if if their list is shit, their podcast is shit. Plain and simple. Them's the rules. We didn't make them up. Yep. All right, that's you right. Ready for this, let's. What what is this list is about? The, this is the top seven NFL skill position trios. So a combination of three players that of that are running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers on a single team. Okay. Number one. Actually, let's do this. Do you want number one first or do you want number seven first? I want number one first. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift. Please hold all thoughts until the very end. Are they not? They're not including? I thought they were including tight ends. Or is it just three? It's the top three skill position players. Any combination, it doesn't have to include a tight end. It could include no wide receivers, I guess. Did you just say... You, There's not going to be. A, did you say I said AJ Brown, Brown Devontae Smith, and DeAndre Swift? No, that was, that's their number one skill position trio. Okay, Bruh. hold all thoughts. Hold all thoughts because we're gonna we got more. Okay, number two, the Atlanta Falcons, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson. Oh I'm my looking at fucking gosh, so dude! Number three. Number three, the Detroit Lions, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jamison Williams. Fuck off. Number, number four, the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel. That's a contender for number, number one. Like Number five, the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison and Dalvin Cook. What? What about T? Number six, bro. I'm just telling what you what's the on the fuck, list. man. Number six, the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Kenneth Walker. Number seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram, and 
I can't even think what Ridley's first name is. Calvin. Calvin Ridley. Thank you. I'm just so worked up by this list, my guy. Whew. Dude, there's already... All right, okay. we, I, first of all, like, I know I'm a Browns fan, but like, the, uh, the Browns, based off of that overall, could be in that category with Chubb and Joku and Cooper. They could easily be in there and beat probably Seattle, to be honest, maybe. Um, Atlanta, for sure. Like, oh my gosh, man. I mean... All right, here's, here's, here's the big question here. So, it's worth asking the question. Let me see if I can find this bad boy. Because this is, this is, this list is a compilation of four different guys. So like, doesn't necessarily mean that all of them feel this way. It could, it, it, or each of them individually, I should say, feel this way. Yeah. So, one guy on the podcast actually put his own list out for people to see. His list, I'll go 10 to 1 for you. Okay. But what I want you to read in this list is how many teams I mentioned in his top 10 that weren't even in the podcast's top 7. He has 10, the Atlanta Falcons. 9, the Cleveland Browns. 8, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seven, Seattle Seahawks. Six, Minnesota Vikings. Five, the LA Chargers. Four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Three, the San Francisco 49ers. Two, the Miami Dolphins. And number one, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think I named three teams there, three or four teams, in his top five that he didn't, that the podcast overall didn't include on their list at all. Bengals, Dolphins, and... Chargers for sure. Chargers and then Cleveland as well. That's four. Cleveland was at nine. They were at nine, but still, yeah, that's was four, at- dude. That's fucking. Yeah. This list is bad. And like, I mean, woof. I think, I, I'd argue San Francisco takes the cake. With McCaffrey, Kittle, and Debo. Like, I love George Kittle, but man, I feel like he has been a tad disappointing the last couple of years. He wasn't terrible the second half of the season. Like, really got it going. Um, he, he missed and a few Debo, games too. I don't, and Debo took a, took a step back. Debo did take year, a step back. Um, you can always, let's see, the Chargers not bad. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I think, I think your point that the Vikings should be higher... Yeah, is being way overlooked. Dalvin because Cook, you TJ, you and put Jordan Addison. You put TJ Hawkinson, man. TJ was you got probably number, you got the number one wide receiver, a top let's three, say three to five tight end. No, I'd say he was number and two last year. That one's still like a top seven, eight running back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think those two, like the, the Minnesota or San Francisco, one, and I'm not mad either or, like. I'm I'm down for that. I'm down. Um, who else could be in there? Fucking you, Cincinnati. Could I mean, be in there. You dolphin, do, dolphins with Waddle Hill. I don't care who you pick as the third person at that point. I got two stud wide receivers. Like, you can hey, do. We'll make it work. Waddle Hill. Most it's nice though. You know, Gasecki's in New England. Well, now, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this would be for the coming season. Okay. They included yeah, that's true. Cincinnati. So Mixon, this would be so Chase. Higgins. Mixon, Higgins, and Chase. Yeah. Maybe you do Boyd instead of Mixon. Yeah. Just I wouldn't be mad. Dude, I don't. Is is Leonard Fournette still on the uh the Bucks? Or they no, released no. him. He's a free they? agent right now. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Cause that yeah, you're but you're right though. Evans, Godwin, and, and Fournette. Yeah. Would have a reasonable chance to to be included there. Here's what here's one thing I will say. The Jaguars thing kind of confuses me because there's a lot of hype around Calvin Ridley, who was a good player two years ago. Yeah. Dude hasn't touched a football in two years. Yeah, he had a whole year. I mean, he the reason why he was suspended was stupid, but still he yeah, hasn't played. But he any. missed, but he was suspended for an entire year. And the year before that, he missed most of the year for what they called personal reasons. And that's why he got suspended, because during his personal time off, he gambled. Yeah. He basically hasn't played in the same regard as like Deshaun Watson. Like that's how much time this dude has missed. I this it makes no sense to me why we're hyping Calvin Ridley as like an automatic top ten to fifteen wide receiver. You can't go that long without playing and expect to be that guy. Yep. Gosh, that is just. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Lions. I love the Lions. You, we, we've hyped them up like crazy because they're fun. St. Brown's a stud. You're really putting them at number three on this list with a rookie at running back, not David Montgomery, but Jameer Gibbs. Hasn't touched the, uh, yeah. an NFL field yet. And Jamison Williams, who missed a bunch of last year, is going to miss six games this year. And when he played last year, barely touched the ball. Yep. I love the lines, but this is that is that is the I'm Eagles. The Eagles could be bad. in there, but to be number one is just bonkers. Yeah, that's that, that's too much for me. But I do like the Eagles trio. Yeah, because AJ Brown's a dog. And by the way, are we sure that Swift should be the guy on this uh, third guy on this list, and not Goddard? Yeah, I, Dallas Goddard's awesome. Mm. What an embarrassment of riches! You can that even we have, have to, that. We have to be like. Which guy do we want as the fourth as the third guy? Oh, you can even I don't have know. the Jets in there, dude. Like Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. Okay. Um, yeah. Who else could be in there? Um, You'd have to go with Lazard or Corey Davis. Lazard. Is who is their tight end? That Conklin. Player is I mean, not terrible, of, but yeah. in and, terms of in terms of like high ceiling future, yeah, they're definitely up there. They're definitely up there because the because Hall and and Wilson. Oh baby, nice. Who is um? Who are the Saints, uh, dude? If healthy, right? You got the Olave, Saints, Thomas and Kamara. Yeah, that's... or you could. I guess you could do like Jamal Williams and Kamara. Yeah, I do. I, I Olave to me is the lock. Mike Thomas is the one that I I'm not necessarily. Yeah, including. yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, there's just that's my personal I mean, opinion. Ridiculous, just, you know, like after missing the, and he. There you go. There's a prime example. Didn't play football for like two years. Comes back, isn't the same guy. No, we we should not expect Calvin Ridley to be the same guy. Granted, different reasons. Calvin Ridley did did not miss time because of health, or at least not physical health. Maybe a, a mental. But you lose that situation. step though. Look at Deshaun when he came back. Yeah, he was garbage exactly. for uh, hot, like he, pretty much whole season. I mean, he was the just, entire time that he was out there. Yeah, this he was not Deshaun Watson in in Texas where he threw for forty five hundred yards and like almost forty touchdowns. You know, correct. 
And, I, and I, I'm with you, man. I think the I think the Browns are definitely being overlooked in this because you got, in my opinion, best running back in the NFL, Nick yeah. Chubb. You've got top fifteen. We'll, we'll comfortably say top fifteen could maybe break top ten. Yeah. Amari Cooper, if he has an if he has a good year, and Joku's a freak a athlete, nice dude. Like, if you have a good quarterback to get him the ball, he can be a top ten tight end. No question. That's the thing. Well, that's I think the thing with, being overlooked this with, quite a bit. With Cleveland is like, you know, they're a heavy, we're a heavy play action team and we run like that formation a lot. But with our like quarterbacks in the past, you know, like Baker Mayfield didn't really throw to tight ends like at all. Um, and like it, it, it's an offense that could be huge for tight ends. It just has to be utilized. Yeah. So it's not Joku's fault, you know, like he's an athlete. And when he, he gets the opportunity, he balls out, you know, he's, He's he makes insane catches in the end zone. I remember that one catch he had, and I was like, Jesus. I will say, the more I think about it, Chargers. I don't know how much I love that. Like Eckler's obviously awesome. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from him, but like Gerald Everett is not a guy I'm considering for, from tight end. And you know, Williams and the wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, good players, but certainly not like you're. That's that's being carried by Eckler. Well, that and. Like, had Williams not been injured, then you'd be, like, comfortable saying it because he was, like, a superstar. Those, like, first, like, six weeks, he was pretty crazy. A big factor was because Allen was out, but then they both just became injured and a liability, you know? Like, you can't... I just don't know that I've ever considered either of those guys at their best to be, no doubt, top 10 wide receivers. I, 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 I could see that. Like... The good versions of Amari Cooper, like I just touted him as he's, he's for sure a top 15 guy. Like the best version of Amari, of Amari, we've seen him be a top 10 wide receiver. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. Early career Amari Cooper, when he was in Oakland, even times in Dallas, we've seen him be a dude. So like, I think, the, I think the reason that I'm not comfortable necessarily putting Amari well into the top 10 now is just because the it's position a position is so yeah. deep right now. It's insane. And especially by young players. Yeah. Like your oldest guy in the group is, is Tyreek Hill. And then maybe like Diggs, uh, Diggs and Adams. But like, I mean, you're being tout- like bolstered up with Jefferson and Chase and AJ Brown, Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown and Waddle. Like half your top 10 receivers are still on their rookie contracts. Yeah. Devontae Smith That's can, can sneak in there, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, like I, so I think that that I don't want to hold that against Amari because that's 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 a position group being better. But I, I just I don't view Keenan. Keenan has an elite quality. I don't ever think that he's an elite wide receiver. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, because he's he elite, an elite route running. Though. Yeah. Oh my god. One. Of the, yeah, it's one the of the ways he, he moves so so smoothly through his routes. Oh my goodness. Elite, for sure. But. It, that's all I have. This for, is for just frustrating, though. I, oh man. Oof. Yeah, this is going to be our shtick on the podcast. We're just going to find bad lists and trash the bejesus out of them. I like that. I like that a lot. And we'll have a great time doing it. You know. You, and then when you, someone's like, "Hey, you guys have to make your own list," we're like, "Now nah, we'll just keep trashing other people." Yeah, we'll try because when we make a list, most people agree with it, so they don't retweet the it. Or like it or like reply back to it because you're like, oh, I agree with it. Cool. 
You know, like it doesn't upset you enough to where you need to fucking type something and be like, you're absolutely out of your, your damn mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, not unless you're going to be like the dumb biased person that's got to be like, no, my team's clearly the best. The fact that you didn't put them there, that's stupid. You're dumb. Yeah. It's just like, you want me to put, I don't know. You want me to put Trevor Lawrence as the number one quarterback in the NFL over Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Good, like Trevor Lawrence is a great player. Like, let's not do this. I, I don't mean to pick on Duval Nation. I'm just, I was trying to pick a quarterback that's near the top of our list, but isn't, isn't Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on now. It's fucking Patrick Mahomes. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. The fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like I needed to get that in there. All right. I feel like uh, this is a good time to wrap things up. So, Ethan. Sam. With peace and love, OJ. Ooh. Well, ASMR. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Check out all of our sister podcasts on the Dip Podcast Network and interact with us on social media at the Dip Network on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Love to hear from you from you. Tell us what tell us about the draft, what what you did, what draft you class you really loved. Love to hear about what you guys are, are, are vibing with right now as we head into rookie mini camp here in the next, like, I think it's a couple weeks away, at least a couple weeks. So, um, also share with us your, your thoughts on Jersey numbers. Cause that's what we're going to about yeah. to be finding that we're going to have a flood of that over the next week is finding out what numbers the rookies are going to be wearing. I want to talk about that. I want to hear what you guys I think like about it. that. Cause I, like I have some very strong thoughts. So let's do that. Let, let, let's let's make that a conversation point. So, Ethan, anything else before we get out of here? Stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Don't argue with the refs. <laughs> Respectfully, you can ask questions, but just don't be a dick. Yeah. That, that's I, as a ref, I ask that very politely as much as <laughs> I can. <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you guys for listening, and we will check you on the next one.